And hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of JMU Sound Off. I am Jonathan McNamara, and I'm joined by Taylor Atkins and Steve Brown. And those of you who follow the show and JMU football are well aware of the growing chorus of voices that are lending their support to James Madison University as they push for a waiver from the NCAA that would allow them to compete in this year's postseason. Um, national media figures ranging from Matt Barry and Alexei Lalas to Matt Leinert have all made their voices known in support of JMU. And over the last month, political leaders from across the Commonwealth have joined the discussion. And the person who has led this effort here in Virginia is the Attorney General for the Commonwealth of Virginia, a JMU graduate himself, Jason Niares. And we have the Attorney General here today to join us on a very special edition of Sound Off. And General uh, Mara, thank you for, for giving a, a few minutes of your time. I know it's been a really busy couple of weeks for you, especially on the campaign trail. Um, we wanted to start, before we get into any of the, the main topics around the NCAA discussion, um, to just give you a chance to tell your, your JMU story. We were having a little bit of a pre-discussion before this broadcast uh, where we found a little bit about where you worked at JMU. So uh, to our listeners and viewers who are out there, um, give us a little bit about your background uh, and, and how you came to become not only just the, the general here in the state, but also just a really big supporter and fan of James Madison Athletics. Well, I mean, I think like uh, like so many students, you showed up you showed up on on college campus almost not knowing what to expect. And and I, I, mean, I, I went to Jamie. Part of it was the cost uh, uh, financial struggles in our family. And uh, showed up on campus and immediately just felt right at home. Uh, I thought it was not just the education that I received, but it's really the friendships and the relationships uh, that you build there. And I think JMU has one of the prettiest campuses on, in the country, bar none. There's nothing more glorious than being at JMU in, uh, on a beautiful October day or spring day. Uh, it's just something, something like out of a postcard. So immediately both fell in love with the campus, fell in love with the people. Uh, but yes, I, I remember showing up on campus. I immediately needed a job because I needed to help pay for college and work my way through school. And uh, I got a job at PC Dukes, which apparently you know doesn't exist anymore, but uh, worked at PC Dukes. I was impressed that they were paying me more money than the minimum. The minimum wage, I think, was $4.25 an hour, and they were paying, I think, $4.75. Uh, I think by the time I left, that was a $5.75 an hour, but I was both... Uh, so if you were there between 94 and 98, I probably served you food and maybe made so a hot hand. When you were serving food, were you, were you making the chicken wraps or were you making the pasta with the red I was, you know, they wrote, they rotated us around. So I was everywhere. And, and every other Sunday night was the, was, um, I was assigned to close the kitchen, uh, cleaning out grease pots, which was, um, gave a very interesting smell when I was walking back to my dorm off campus, but, uh, on campus, but, I loved my time at JMU. I, I uh, had a, just an extraordinary time. It became just a very, very special place in my heart. Um, I still get enormous nostalgia when I go back. Um, uh, but obviously, some of that is uh, you become a big fan of the athletic program. And the uh, when I was there, the basketball program was red hot. Lefty Giselle was the coach for part of my time. I remember Purdue from the Big Ten came on campus, played uh, at the uh, at the old um, – uh, the old basketball arena, the new one, spectacular, yeah. and the electric zoo, and it was as loud as anything you've ever heard. We upset them. I think the final score may have been 63-62, if I remember, but it was insane. The environment was awesome. Football games were fantastic. The, the stadium now was infinitely nicer than it was when I was there. Uh, but you you become both a fan of the school, and you obviously become a fan of the athletics. Like 
so many alumni, the athletic program is a way to kind of stay connected with your alma mater. And that definitely has been the case for me. And obviously I'm thrilled to see that they have now playing at the highest level of football and that they're nationally ranked. And the country is recognizing what I've always known as a Jamie really is a hidden gem. General, I was at that game. I, I'm the one that threw the toilet paper in the stands at that game. Um, <laughs> well, there are a lot of there's a lot of toilet paper being thrown at that. <laughs> there was a lot. I mean, that's what we did back in the '80s, and I did it again. And um, yeah. I heard I worked at Duke's Grill. You worked at PC Duke's, and I heard you say you were also making hot ham and cheese, which is my name on the message board. Um, <laughs> used to do that as well for for four years at, at, at Duke's. Um, let me ask you some a question about the NCAA and. Can you tell you know tell the listeners you know why you sent the letter to the NCAA on October fourth of twenty three when we were five and zero? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I the reality is is that uh, Jamie uh, went to the football uh, the FBS division. Uh, obviously, they have what I think is a pretty antiquated, outdated rule, um, and the rule is set in place to slowly transition you to this level. They're not taking into account of what happens when a program comes in, uh, goes eight and three its first season. Uh, essentially, the first two years, I think they're now at sixteen and three. Uh, their first two season that that is about as good of a run and two year run in college football, regardless of any program. And so, uh, we have been ranked both seasons. Uh, we're ranked higher than. Uh, traditional powers like Clemson or Miami. And so what JMU is A, proven is A, they belong. Uh, the reality is if you're able to win six games at the FBS level, you show that you belong. But even if you want to say, hey, you have to show you've won eight games, they've won eight games. And I think the first of all is the idea is you are punishing student athletes. These are individuals with few exceptions. You know, maybe Jordan McLeod will get drafted, but with few exceptions – these players playing careers are going to end at the end of this season and they have suited up and they have done everything right. They've gone to two a days. They've gone to early morning workouts. They've gone to extra practice sections and, 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 and watching even in their free time uh, uh, film and while maintaining being a student athlete in the classrooms, so they've done everything right. You're really going to deny a group of students that have gone 16 and three, the last two seasons the right you're going to deny them the ability of finishing their college career by by playing in a bowl you're going to say no you're not good enough because of some archaic rule and i think that that drills into the frustration people have with the ncaa is so much of what they do seem to be completely arbitrary and lacking all common sense and a wise man once said it's never too late to do the right thing well do the right thing with these student athletes who have done everything right let them end their college careers on a high note let them play in a bowl game, preferably for a, a conference championship. But even if not, at least let them play in a bowl game. Are you really saying that college football is better served by having some 6-16 six and 16, uh, play in a low-tier bowl that maybe a dozen of their fans will show up and even watch versus a potential 10, 11, or 12-win JMU team uh, in which their fans would be absolutely rabid to be able to see them play in a bowl game for the very, very first time live and all the interest that comes with it? Which, which serves college football better? Um, and I think what happens is the NCAA just sits there scratching their head saying, we don't understand why so many people dislike us. And then they make these arbitrary, frankly, foolish rules 
that they don't allow any wiggle room whatsoever. Okay, Jamie set out a year. They went eight and three. They did everything the right way. We get it. But for a second year, when they're undefeated, top 25, showing that they're one of the top teams in the country, the number one ranked rushing defense in the country, um, it just belies all common sense. But as we all know, the NCAA doesn't have a lot of common sense. So uh, sorry to get on a soapbox, but it's incredibly irritating how it punishes these, these student athletes, particularly our seniors. My heart just breaks for them. Well, they don't, they don't have an evidentiary basis to deny the waiver. And so when we got in and they said to us, hey, we have a waiver system. You know, you got to do one year, but you can put in for a waiver. We put in for the waiver. We spend the money to put in for the waiver. We bring in Middle Tennessee and spend the money to bring them to FB, to bring them to Bridgeport so we can have a game to get us get ourselves to have an FBS full schedule. And then they turn around with their arbitrary and capricious manner and say, we're going to deny it. We're not going to tell you why. We're just going to deny it because we can And that, to me, that, that, harms, that just irreparably harms the student athlete for no reason. You know, we're going into tonight with the college football group will give the rankings. They will leave us out yeah. uh, because the NCAA is not going to is not putting us in. And, you know, we have a very limited window now to try to get the NCAA to do it. And I think they're going to they're going to run the clock out the way they look at it is they're not going to sue us. They're not going to do this. They're not going to do that. So we just have to get to the end of November. You know what? This is over. And I think that's the way they're looking at it, which is silly. I was going to ask you what your next steps are. I mean, if you have a next step, I don't know if you're going to try to appeal to them again. Um, I, um, let's, what can I say and not say and not get in trouble? Uh, let's just say that we are, in the, we are in the process of exploring any and all legal options. And I'll leave it at that. And um, um, I won't ask I'll, leave it, I'll leave it at that. that. Yeah, but, but you're exactly right. It is arbitrary and capricious. Um, and, and, you know, listen, we don't want to apply pressure points. I like to say no one should be sued and have it be a surprise. Um, but but we're going to we're going to do everything we can to protect the interest of, you know, I'm the lawyer for the Commonwealth and including the lawyers for all of our state institutions. The reality is Virginia, JMU is the number one top ranked football program in the entire Commonwealth of Virginia. We're, we're having a better season than Virginia Tech. I was at the JMU UVA game. Uh, by the way, it's kind of interesting being a, a JMU uh, fan and alumni and uh, uh, sitting up and where the president uh, of UVA was. That's a little awkward, by the way. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, um, but JMU, UVA is better than UVA. It's better than Virginia Tech. I know Liberty's had a good season, but you know the, the pollsters have all ranked us higher than they are. And so right now we're the top football program in the entire Commonwealth of Virginia. But the NCAA is going to deny us the ability of, of playing in a bowl game or a championship. It just makes no sense. So we're exploring any and all options, and uh, we're going to be actively doing that. And if there is a av- avenue or a pathway to do so, we're going to explore it. And that's that probably have said more than my civil litigation team would want me to at this point. But it is what it is. <clears throat> well, General, um, again, thank you for coming and talking today. But. You and Steve just hit on some points there that kind of address the argument of, well, Jamie, you knew the rules. And I think one thing that gets left out in that argument is part of the rules was this waiver process. And so you released your letter, I believe, on October 4th uh, this year, this past month. And we reached out to you soon after. And uh, so when we reached out to you, we were talking about a 5-0 and uh, JMU football team with still a lot of games to play in the season, some of our tougher games ahead. 
now we're here at eight no and uh it's not just yourself but we're starting to see a bipartisan effort yeah. in many other <laughs> i mean i i actually I, for, the, for the story history uh junkies out there i i I made a joke that, uh, you know, 236 years ago, James Madison brought together the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists uh, to create the Constitution. And 236 <laughs> years later, he's once again leading a bipartisan effort to uh, to stand up to, to unfair rules. And I um, love so that. That's a great. I'm like, hey, hey, Taylor, please I'm have to steal that. That's steal that, that letter. That is <laughs> fantastic. It would be an honor, but do talk about um, in the last, you know, again, you've been on this case for the last month and you released your letter. In the last couple of weeks, we've seen many of your colleagues um, in this Virginia yeah. legislature come on. And so talk a little bit about that and some of the conversations that you've been having with your, yeah. your colleagues. Well, it's been great. Uh, Louise Lucas is the um, uh, ranking uh, Democrat in the uh, in the uh, state Senate, uh, has a lot of power. Uh, I'm a Republican and, and I saw her recently. We both kind of joked that it's only the NCAA that has the ability of bringing both the right and the left together, right, to to oppose some of their foolishness. And, um, you know, I first of all, I, I thank her for her her interest and her support. I don't think she's a JMU grad, but I but she's a Virginian. And like most Virginians, we just think this is grossly unfair, um, you know, and and. And so I appreciate that. I think there is wide bipartisan support indeed um, uh, to support this. And I think that's part of the frustration for a lot of JMU alumni is they 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 have felt like JMU has been overlooked uh, by the NCAA and, and they're not really looking closely underneath the hood, just statistically where we are. Defense is playing wide out. You know, I'd argue that Jordan McLeod is is one of the top quarterbacks in the country. He's he's electric to watch him play. Um, I, I think our defensive line is just fantastic. And, um, and the NCAA has just been arbitrary, capricious and just ignored. I think that when, you, you know, as, as Bill Parcells loved to say, your record is what you're, what you are, what your record says you are, right? Bill Parcells was known for saying that we're eight no, and the film shows who we are. We have an aggressive defense. We get in the backfield, we punish quarterbacks. We have an electric uh offense of, of our own um and we represent in many ways the very very best of virginia obviously so many of the student athletes on the team are from virginia um and so i think it's why you're getting interest from all around the state from people on both sides of the aisle that want the ncaa to do the right thing well and, and as a follow-up to that another point that we made on the podcast a couple of weeks ago was um in the situation when Liberty was trying to move up to FBS without a conference, um, they also had to apply for a waiver for an unprecedented uh, situation where they had to bypass a rule uh, similar to it, it's not a postseason ban, but it was to move up to a conference. And in that waiver approval, the NCAA basically talked about Liberty demonstrating their uh, stability, their vis their viability and their readiness to move up to this level. I would imagine that there's a, the similar components for which they would like to see teams achieve to have an opportunity to be considered for a waiver in this situation. And you and Steve have already made the points today, top 25, 16 and three in our first two years. Financially, our budget is among the top in the G5 right. programs. So to right. what Steve said earlier, them not really right. having a lot of foundation to uh, deny this waiver. It, it, that's kind of the most frustrating point part for a lot of JMU fans. I mean, let's look at JMU. Just obviously, we're all biased. We're super fans. But let's just look at them on paper. 
Obviously, it's a product on the field, 16 and three. JMU did not rush this. We could have gone to this level a decade ago, and we made a decision saying, okay, we're going to do it the right way. We're going to wait. We're going to build the facilities up. We went in to this FBS level already having facilities as good as anybody in the mid-majors uh, outside of the Power Five conferences. We, we expanded our stadium. We ex expanded fan interest because we won on the field. So we have both the facilities, the fan base, the fan interest uh, to be able to compete this level, which is so we did it the right way. We didn't rush this. We actually built up to it. So when we made the jump, the goal was we make the jump. We're immediately competitive. So don't you think you should reward the schools that do it the right way? Correct. That make that they make the investments well ahead of time, build it up the right way. So when they make the jump, they're immediately competitive. Um, and I think that's another part of the frustration is we did it the right way. We could have made this jump 10 years ago. We didn't. And I, I applaud JMU for having the foresight to measure twice, cut once, as they say, to get it done right. And then they have the NCAA act this way is just beyond frustrating. Agree. Well, well, General, you know, if we've done it wrong or the NCAA wanted to ding us for something, they'd be all over us. Right. Right. <laughs> so you're exactly right, Steve. Other way. And, and be decent about it. And at this point, celebrate the fact that you've got a team that actually went through your system, deserved the waiver, and has done exactly what you want them to. And nobody's going to replicate what we did. I mean, they've already changed the rules. It's $5 million now to move instead of 5000 Nobody's going to replicate it. Nobody's even close to replicating right. it. Why not just say, you know what, it's a once-in-a-generation deal. We support you. Yep. We love what you did. You can play for the Sun Belt Championship. You can be ranked in the college football uh, rankings as well. You're the best G5 if you keep winning and you can play in the uh, New Year's uh, Sixth Bowl because you guys deserve it. That's what they should do, General. And I, I, it's hard to oh, tell people, awesome. what they, but I'm, that's what I think they should they should 1, do. And I'm thousand, one thousand percent agreed. The, the the higher transition fee all but assures that I don't know when is the next time you are going to have somebody make the transition. It's going to be a agreed. long, long time. That's a lot of a lot of dough for a school that's going to make the jump. And so you're you're exactly right. But, you know, the the NCAA is constantly bemoaning the fact that nobody understands them and they get a raw deal and they just can't understand why so many in the media. Uh, it's not the media. It's really the fans. And they amplify their voices through the media, uh, criticize them. And then you sit back and you think, gosh, here's a chance for you to do an easy win. I mean, I think this is remarkable. The last couple of games since I've sent that letter. Uh, every time JMU and they played multiple times on ESPN sits then usually there's a period of time, last five minutes of the game or the during there's a lull in the action. You have, in, you have ESPN commentator just ripping on them, just <laughs> yep. ripping on them. How is that good for the NCAA? Agreed. How is this good for you? How many can you look at them and say, this is good to have the mothership, as they say, the, the largest sports conglomerate on the planet, their commentators, None of them are saying, not a single one has said, wow, the NCAA is doing the right thing here. Yep. They well, and it's happening firm. in the context of, of players getting trucks now from their from their programs oh, and million-dollar NIL deals. Exactly. And we're not allowing student-athletes, especially and, – and I think this is part for, right. for me where frustration has come is all that some of these senior and six-year players lost out on during COVID. Many of them lost full seasons. Exactly. Many, uh, and these are players when there's been such a focus across the country on on mental health and 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 student wellness um that's been a national conversation and the conversation that's been very important on campus at JMU that there could be a a, a rule where you would say let's 
prevent these players from having another experience that let's be honest, every college football player I've ever talked to has said, I'm one play away from the end of my career. Or exactly. as you said, this is the senior seasons for many of these players. They don't get a second shot. And as I, I thought your point was great to say, how does this benefit uh, the NCA? How does this benefit the student athlete experience? Which if you look at the mission statement of the NCA is pretty right. pivotal to what they say they care about and to keep these players from having right. access to the ability to go as far as their, their talents will take them uh, just seems so short-sighted. And again, well, doesn't allow them to take the easy win. Right, right, exactly. And here's the other thing to think about this, about the inflexibility of the NCAA. They sure as heck have shown flexibility at times. Remember, five yes. years ago, if we were to describe the current state of the NIL and the transfer rule, nobody would have believed it. But the NCAA realized, and I'm not going to get into some of my theories of why they did it, but they completely upended the, the current structure in college football that nobody would have ever thought was even feasible five years ago. Now you have entire squads of players getting free leased trucks. And it, they're sending out – the universities are sending out press releases because they view it as a way to help with their recruiting. And, yep. and, and basically you have free agency every year in college football. Every year. Every year there's free agency. And so you, you sit back and you think, well, when it, when it suits them, they sure as heck are willing to be flexible in these rules. And so you have these student athletes at JMU. I don't claim that we're not Oklahoma. We don't obviously people don't get the NIL money or the you know leased cars that are coming out. This is their chance. This is their opportunity to your point. They're one play away from ending the career. It's something they love. They really are in many ways the, the purest form of football for a lot of these players. They play it for the love of the game. They play it for the teammates. And you talk to so many, I mean one of my 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 general counsel in the attorney general's office played football at JMU, uh Ryan Ferguson and um you know, they'll tell you your desire is to play one more game to be able to suit up with your buddies, to go mm -hmm. to, to go to go to big quote unquote war, go to go fight in the trenches with a guy next to you because because those are the those incredible memories. And so when you talk about a bowl game, a lot of it is just the ability to extend one more time for you to go through all all the work you did in the summer, all the two a days and the early morning weightlifting sessions Have one more week with your pals. And your buddies and be able to play in a bowl game. Uh, my my friend Ryan won a conference championship when he was at JMU. He still wears his ring, right? That is a bond that you have. You're denying that to some 22 year old kids who're never going to be able to suit up again because of because of what? And you're yep. going to run the risk. So my hope is JMU they continue to win every week. And you know, I guess my message to the JMU players would be. Do your do your business on the field, continue to win. And those of us outside, you, you know, nobody hits me figuratively speaking, maybe in the press, but but we're gonna do what we can to back you up, that to help to help JMU so you can have that other opportunity to compete for a championship and and hopefully compete in a bowl and get a bowl ring. So Thank um you. that's kind of my attitude. Well, Joe, I wanted to ask you one more question off the NCAA topic, just kind of high level because I we ask this of every uh, guest that we've had as somebody who was in school just a little bit before I have, I remember going to football games on a Saturday and trying to convince my roommates to make the what hundred yard, not even hundred yard, like 200 feet trip from Eagle hall. into oh. uh, So to, but it was an era where the, the rumor was people or the, the comments were stay for the band. And then, you know, the, 
focus on the football. Oh, oh yeah, I remember that. Not as much. Yeah. I always say I remember a game against William and Mary before we won our first national championship. We won in overtime. And I think there were like 15 people who ran the rest of the field. So we have come a long way um, since those days. But I, I did want to ask you, is there a favorite moment that you've had uh, as a fan or and just in general, the, the growth of this program since 2004 when we captured our now, first national you're, championship? You're going to you're gonna find this kind of funny. Uh, I went to law school, William and Mary, and they met in the playoffs. And it was the first time there was a night. There was a first time when there was a night game at uh, at William and Mary. They had to literally rent lights. So yep. Think about that for a second. And so, uh, you know, as a JMU alumni, uh, to be able to basically use my William and my D, William and Mary ID to watch the game and sit in the JMU section. And um, you know, the um, I <laughs> I remember this. I remember. Uh, a William and Mary student had walked around with a sign that said JMU, my safe school, right? My get in for sure school or something like that. And I don't know what entrepreneurial JMU student did this, but they near the end of the game and we won pretty, pretty handily by the fourth quarter. They started a chant that said, go home and study, go home and study to the William and Mary students. I think and that I fan is thought, Zach Price, wow, by the way. But, that yeah. is that is that is savage um uh i think that i think my favorite probably athletic moment was the uh when i was a student was probably the um uh the purdue uh jmu game at the electric zoo that was that was electric uh a lot of great memories of the, the basketball team um you know, I remember the heartbreaker in the playoffs when we did a. I was not at the game, but I remember how frustrated it was when we played Marshall on the road uh, in the playoffs and lost. That was beyond frustrating. Uh, one of the my wife's a Virginia Tech graduate, so one of my favorite memories was twenty one sixteen. Jenny JMU alumni knows what the score of that game is too. In fact, it was great. I I was doing a triad event down in Southside Virginia, and uh, somebody that works. For me wanted to show me their license plate she said she mentioned she was a jmu grad and i walked out and her license plate literally just said it was a jmu vanity plate and it just said 2116 i said that is a great plate never get rid of that that is fantastic <laughs> so i still when jmu beat virginia tech in the alumni magazine they had a pullout poster uh uh that shed and remember we beat them in lane stadium yeah. uh and we still have it in my house Every time you open our, we have a walk-in attic. Every time you walk into our walk-in attic to get any of our Christmas or anything else up there, my wife has to see it. And I tell her we are just simply not allowed to take that down. So I, I love my Hokie fans. They're great. I'm married to Hokie. But um, JMU comes first. General, I'm, I'm going to send you – do you have a purple constitution from JMU? I do. It's sitting right, Mike. Can you bring that? Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say I'm gonna show you all the JMU swag in my office. I got my championship mug, I got my JMU constitution, and then right, hold on, let me show you guys right here. Right next to my desk in the attorney general's office. Yes, right. So I see it every time I walk in. So I got lots of JMU paraphernalia here. And um, all right. uh, I won't send you my time. <laughs> Since you've got, you got one, I'll you got to get him one of those commemorative footballs for the UVA scores for the, the people at his office. Oh, do they have? Wait, do they make those? Yes. I want one. Yeah. Of those. You want I'll one of those? We'll make it happen. Um, you go to the, love to get one. You go to the Montpelier Collective if you want it. Um, I can also just get wait, you wait, one. Wait, what's on. it? Wait, wait, what's it called? It's the Montpelier Collective. 
Is that they sell JMU swag? Uh, they got the commemorative football on there. Really? I'm just, uh, I just went on there. Oh, this looks yep. great. Montpelier Collective. Yeah, I'm on the oh, board of that, of that collective. So it helps raise money for the uh, for, for the collective, for the students? Yep. It does. Correct. Outstanding. Yep. All right. There I love we go. It. We got another right, support. Something new. Well, General, right, we want to be responsible. We want to be respectful of your time. We've taken a few more minutes than we told your staff we would. And we know you've got some other things on your agenda. But well, just, as you could tell, I could talk about this all day. I long. know. And you are always welcome. And and just on behalf of all of us, well, first of all, it sounds like you guys got a food truck opportunity between the hot ham and cheeses and whatever he was making at, at PC Duke. <laughs> you do. The people at JMU, bring that PC Dukes back. It was an underrated venue on campus. but It was very useful skills I had when I was a young bachelor because I actually knew how to cook. So there you go. Thank you. Life lessons. I learned. Well, well, thank you, sir. And, and I know just yeah, from, on behalf you. of everybody here, we, we appreciate your passion, your energy. You can always tell when somebody is uh, authentic in their fandom, and you have proven that. Then again, some, but your, your knowledge of the 04 game, though, I agree with you. That DD Boxley catch in the back of the end zone is, is still one of my favorite oh, moments from that season. Yeah. So, there you amazing, go. Amazing. Plug a book, by the way, Midnight, Midnight in Chattanooga, if anybody wants to relive the 2004 when they season. They won the national well. title. Yep. Yep. Remember how bad book on the it. field was? The field oh, somebody, the, I, there are JMU fans who still have that turf in their freezers. We've I, heard so it I took it all. It. I, I will never forget the jump rushing the field in uh, in that game for, in Chattanooga. The jump down was so much further than people realized. I felt like I was flying, like it was oh like my God. or something. So Scary. we got to get awesome. him a copy of the book, great, too. The Midnight great Chattanooga. to be with you guys, absolutely awesome. Well, thank you, sir, and, and to our listeners. Guys. Remember, JMU this week, 3.30 kickoff against Georgia State. That game is on ESPN2. We'll be back on Sunday for our normal episode. And as always, we'll end this episode as we do. Everyone, go Dukes. And again, thank you, General, for your time. And we'll see you on Sunday at 8 p.m. for JMU Sound Off. <laughs>